This podcast is brought to you by UK Coaching, here for the coach. Visit ukcoaching.org to grow your coaching skills and be part of the community. So my name is Paul, so I'm one of the coach development managers at UK Coaching. Um, I also coach at the Academy up at Sutherland and have coached in community centres for quite a while, um, in community clubs, in schools, uh, as well as working with uh, neat young people in prisons, all sorts of stuff going on. And then you're joined by uh, Jenny and Marianne, who are our two main acts of the day. So Jenny's one of our coach developers. So she currently works with coaches from 17 different Olympic sports, uh, supporting them with their coaching. And uh, she's also an excellent national basketball player and coach. And then Marianne, who is our senior coach developer, so she's new to the UK coaching team. Uh, so predominantly her role is around supporting other coach developers to be able to support coaches. Um, but she's also a really experienced mentor and an adventure sports coach. So today we're looking at learning socially, um, and I'm going to pass you over to Marianne and Jenny to introduce what they're going to be chatting to you about today. So uh, the, 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 the little page you've got up at the beginning that we're going to start with is actually just some of the questions that the themes, the key themes that have come through the questions that you have been posing on social media. So um, these are pictures from the, oh, somebody's not getting audio, sorry. So these are uh, hopefully someone will help you, Ashley. <laughs> These have been picked up from our conversation threads on the community captured thread and also from all of the other things we've done in the last two weeks. So we'll we'll keep this thread all the way through. Um, and Jenny and I are going to start just by having a little chat through these four before we move on. We can pick out some of the things that we've come up with um, in the last couple of weeks. That, um, that have come within these. So uh, do you want to kick off with one of those, Jenny? Yeah, I think they're all prevalent. I mean, when, the, when I have chats with the coaches during the week or even my own journey that I'm going through as a coach developer at the moment, the engage words have definitely changed its shape, changed what it looked like. Um, a good example of me seeing myself now when I have a conversation with a coach, checking the language and the questions and been able in some places to look back on that. Now, it still did do virtual conversations with coaches, but in the shape and nature we're in now, it's just changed life. So what does that look like? How long are those conversations going on for? What are the distractions and responsibilities that are included in that? So it's just changed the shape. That's the first thing that popped out. And I think the, the necessity to change has definitely drawn me over to the remote connections to, to Mark and the Curious Coach Club last week. You know, what technology have I had to immerse myself in? and learn quickly and get the shortcuts so it's savvy and it's accessible and stuff like that. So um, that was a nice launch pad last week to, to have conversations around. And, you know, I think one of the key messages, I know we'll dive into the other questions now, is that um, we're not alone. And I hear a lot of people, speaking of language, I hear people saying oh, we're in this together. But, like, people are going through very different journeys at the moment. So when we dive into the social, the social learning spaces and look at, like, the different groups people are part of and the different focuses they have, I think that they're not alone. What we can provide today, some practical tips, not just us, but maybe soundboarding with other people in the chat group. Um, the confidence to try something new or dive into it knowing that we, maybe we've suggested other people have suggested this and then they can see back in the communities of practice. And then hopefully at the end of the session, been able to have um, a guide on where that train is going, what that direction is, and looking kind of on the May, March, April, May time and going, oh gosh, yeah, okay, that's what those months. Um, entailed for me. That's what I'm myself in. Yeah, definitely. I, I, what I think what. Hey, Marianne, Jen, just just one second there. We've found we've 
when each other's chatting, if he's the person that's not talking good news, it just got a little bit of feedback, a little bit better. I'll let you jump back in, Marianne. Cool, Paul, thanks. Yeah, sorry, apologies. That's a good point. I'll make sure I whip, whip mine off as well. Um, where was I? My train of thoughts. <laughs> yeah, sorry, so just um, just picking up there on on um, that sort of framework that Jenny has, has spoken about, some of the things she's picked up on, what would be really nice is if we can sort of navigate through some of those things and explore them and then get to a point where we really think about how what um what we've gone through or what we're going through can have a positive impact going forwards we're definitely in one of those time periods that um people talk about being a a huge step change for us because we've been forced to do things differently we have had so many things that we're used to taking away from us or just changed and um a really good point about technology and getting things. I mean, I've had two podcasts in the evenings I was supposed to do this week that we've had to cancel because we couldn't get technology working or we've we've reframed, you know, we've had to rechange them. So even stuff that I think I'm familiar with is, um, you know, is having to be just re-operated um, with slightly differently. And, um, and I think that we should hopefully be able to um, take something away going forwards that will be really, really useful to us. That I think that would be amazing if we could do that, just really find the positives in what we're learning at the moment, what we're being forced to learn and forced to adapt and forced to change. So, yeah, for me, I think that's, that's, that's pretty key. I don't know um, it, if you have anything to add. Oh, you, you muted yourself at the end, but I got you. We're in sync. Um, I would like to know, before we go on to the next slide, even if you know, people have that at the forefront or it takes a couple of um, minutes to, to get some reflections on it, why are people here today? Is it, is it the buzz of a new club and, um, you know, UK coaching bringing out some really good topics and good speakers and interesting areas to dive into? Um, is it something you would have usually joined? Is it something brand new? Is it, is it a time for really interested to know, um, you know, what people could share and not just guide us, but have an opportunity to share with other people and relate to what other people are going through? Um, but yeah, ha happy to dive into the next slide when you are, Marianne. Yeah, of course. Cool. So it would be nice for people to um, let us know what they're thinking there. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> I quite yeah, we'll just stay on that one for a minute. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask as well with, uh, with, um, at that time is have, how many of you um, have read the little blog that we put out beforehand? Because there were some questions at the end of that that I think um, are nice to have a, a think about. And... Um, and basically, they were around getting you to just do a little bit of reflection about how many social groups you were in at the moment, whether they're virtual or not. Are they working for you? Do you, are they all the same? Do you find, when we get to the next slide, we'll have a look at those questions. And it was, are those ones the same as, um, you know, are they, are, do you get the same things out of them? Do some of them work really well for you and some of them not? And are you able to unpick what it is about those? And the questions, the next slide will help you actually do that. And Jenny and I will have a chat through um, where her social groups are at the moment with her coaches and hopefully help you sort of um, navigate through some of those, those questions. So the questions on the blog were around, are you thinking about the groups that you were part of at the moment? Do they work for you? Um, what is it about them that really work and what are the things that maybe don't work so well for you? Are you able to influence them? How much sort of control and autonomy do you have within those groups? And maybe maybe elements of it that you're not aware of in some of the wider groups, and we haven't got a slide for that, but we will chat about those wider groups later. So it could be sort of that the, the social cultural um, 
influences or an NGB or um, you know people who sort of fit in and out of the group that aren't necessarily the immediate social group that you're in at the moment. And then moving forward to thinking about how you can really nurture the ones that work for you, how you can develop and build on them, and then how we can take those through back to our sort of post-corona world. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to get that in before we pop over to the next slide. While we're doing that, some awesome um, um, updates here from the chat box here. Uh, Paul, I'm probably taking your job. I'm actually really excited that it's, it's stuff that's right on point for today. Coaching chats, connect staying connected, inspiration, um, what's available, building connections. Um, I love that Alex G has said, be outside the norm, which we'll tap into a little bit on the self-determination and the, the social learning spaces, and positive vibes. I hope we continue those throughout the year and beyond. Over to you, Marianne. <laughs> okay, so um, this slide is, is from uh, Etienne Wenger and um, it, is work on social learning. We're not going to be too heavy on the theory today because the idea was to make it really practical and actually just use them as a, you'd like to as a bit of a framework to explore stuff more practically. So the idea of this is that actually we can't separate learning from the social environments that we're in. Um, it's not something that's totally separate. We actually learn very, very much um, in an embodied and in embedded within a social learning um, environment. So this is a nice little um, way of just having some reflection on how those social learning environments work for us. And with this, we were just going to, I was going to um, hopefully be able to tap through some of Jenny's experiences at the moment. So Jenny, as you know, is a coach developer and she's working with coaches at the moment and having to actually do that transfer as everyone else is to making all of those social learning spaces much more remote. So we thought it'd be a good opportunity to just have a chat through what it actually means for Jenny at the moment to do this. So cool. So can you have you got some things that would be good that you think um, some great examples you could share with us, Jenny, that we can we can unpack a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, when I looked at the blog, the four questions that you had immediately and just that link to the bigger picture of like what am I currently doing, and how has that changed? Um, what is my experience? in this space, you know, where I do have virtual conversations and now I have more, or in some cases for coaches where they had, um, they've been furloughed or they have no coaching to do, what's changed in that way? Um, that obviously leans towards identity and looking at where do I currently belong now? Very um, much. Yeah, go on, yeah. Sorry. Um, so did you already have quite a good social learning um, sort of platform that you were using to communicate with your coaches? Yeah, we had, I guess, from a boundary point of view, we had some time scheduling, we had some platforms from a virtual angle on like um, WebEx, Teams, Zoom, whatever works for the coaches, sometimes WhatsApp, um, a calling, you know, all those, as well as the face-to-face uh, -face side of things. Really just reshaping that, um, linking to Mark's point last week, Arette, what, what are coaches ready and able to do and finding out what works and um, linking to kind of the communication, the collaboration element and being very mindful of what I'm noticing now. Do people have less or more time to engage? Do they want to have that hour um, slot that's kind of a regular occurrence or bi-weekly, whatever it is? And that actually transfers to the coaches as well. So one, obviously I've, I've spoke to all the coaches and I'm asking them, how are they finding what does support look like, what does success look like, change all through this period of time, 
and they, some have come back and said were interesting examples. Um, a coach has been having some issues with parents. I'm sure we'll get a, a thumbs up in the chat box, a number of coaches there. Um, and so we've been talking through that. And what's, what I've noticed is during this period, where he had complete transparency, even though it was the unknown, to say, I'm going to let them find their feet. I'm going to be very mindful of reliability and jumping right in there. So um, I'm going to just hold back. And he found an app, Coach Now, which some people are probably familiar with. And he's used that. And the parents ghost in certain areas but there it, the, the conversation is visible and he just uses that to connect with the athletes and the point i'm trying to make here in that triad is the relationship of the parents has grown massively and that's a conversation we've looked at to see okay during this journey that's fantastic and and you're cultivating something that's brilliant how can you bring that forward continue to maintain it but what does it look like and um, when we go back to face to face into the, the what becomes the new norm or the future of Brilliant. That's really interesting. We will we'll make sure that we give you a link to the app actually as well, because that sounds like it's something that people can use really practically. Did were they able to tell you what it was that that changed that relationship? Why the parents felt that they were able to engage more with with it through through that change in that community that that sort of social community practice by them being engaged in the app? I think it was part of the inclusive part. So previously there'd been like sporadic workshops, one pagers, um, and a, a mindset kind of that they would be included. But this link has, has allowed them to say, well, I'm involved, I see what's happening, I see the effort you're going through. Now he's only 10 days into the process, but the feedback has been has been that positive. Still has still able to kind of work in a in a chat way, but everything is visible and he hasn't had any parents kind of over like jumping in and trying to solve anything. It's kind of an, an extra helping hand and they're working together, that collaboration. Um, and similarly, another coach has said, right, finding their feet again, um, but actually they've come to me to say we need a bit of structure and support. This age group is a little bit, so it's uh, plus 15, so it's probably 16 to 20, 19 probably in that age group. And the coach has said, okay, well, um, let's do three different sessions a week and we'll cover different areas. Um, and that's just been really useful for them to kind of say, right, okay, Monday we're going to have this, it's in your diary. Tuesday we're going to, Wednesday we're going to have this, and Friday, whatever it is, we're going to have this hour. But in that process, he's also looked at what, um, I guess, the meaning and the practice ties into this. That uh, You know, where we talked about autonomy, and I, I know in self-determination theory, we can get into this later. Yeah, yeah. There's an assumption there that when he's, uh, his philosophy being athlete-centered and athlete-first, now he gets a real good snapshot through a virtual medium and some tasks that he set out of, of where athletes are at. And he's been able to slow himself down and identify. So two examples of coaches that are, are still uh, connecting and working. And I understand that everyone's in that position, but we can get to, to some alternative examples as well in a minute. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's really nice. I think you're, uh, one of the things it's reminded me of is an example that we had um, in one of the communities of practice. Uh, um, and it might be all the com one of the conversations where a coach um, was actually having to navigate some of the um the way in which the the athletes interacted now they weren't i don't think they were there with their parents but there was one in particular who was um a young girl so early teens who didn't want to share her video and that really made me think about the you know sort of the way in which um people might sort of feel about um their, their sort of like connectedness that community and how safe it is and their identity in there and um the, the coach in question hasn't sort of managed to unpick what's going on, 
But what is interesting is that we've got, you know, this 13-year-old girl who's a different ethnic background to the rest of the team who wasn't feeling comfortable about sharing the video at the time. And my first re response was, you know, sort of like I said to you, I'm not sort of, um, I'm a little bit too old to have been in a sort of selfie and taking videos thing. And I, I can only imagine that at 13, I would have been, you know, like oh, I'm having a bad hair day or I'm having a bad skin day or whatever it is. I don't want everyone looking at me. Um, or I'm not sure that I feel comfortable with, um, you know, them seeing my space, you know, my, my, my home space. And I realized actually there's this, there's so much more to this than I just thought about initially in terms of the way coaches can have to navigate that new community practice and really how, how they make sure that everybody feels safe in that space, psychologically safe, and that they don't end up being, um, they don't end up being pushed out of it because um, there are elements that they don't feel comfortable with. And, and I'm, I, I'm curious whether you've got any thoughts about that or you've come across anything similar with the, co with the coaches that you're working with. Absolutely. I was going to jump in too early there. Sorry, that's difficult. That's actually another really good example, isn't it? It's like knowledge exchange and transfer. And um, we're now pausing more. So those in, in the positive light, where I imagine people's active listening it has upped a level or their awareness of their, what is the Stephen Covey's uh, listening with the intent to reply is supposed to understand. Um, but yeah, definitely look at the other side of that is the informal discussions are not happening. So where you would have had those kind of organic and formal chit chat, lighthearted or whatever angle they took in a warm up or during a session, they're now not happening. So coaches conversations that I'm having with them are, are more some in a, in a reflective space where they're not actively coaching now, um, but they might have an odd virtual session or they're just reflecting on previous sessions that they've had. What, um, how, how do you create that or recreate when you, you mentioned there about kind of psychological safety or the relationship building? How do we create that online? Or how are people? I'd love to hear in the chat box if people have ideas. So if we're looking at how empathy comes across on a virtual platform, how um, relationship building and rapport. Um, what was the other one? Oh, I made a note here because I thought I'd forget it. Time zones. I, I, I forgot about that. And some of the coaches I'm working with have had athletes or schools that have um, obviously closed and now athletes are going off around the world and they're just managing all those, which does link into kind of the initial boundaries and set up, get everyone in, what works for as many people as possible and how can I accommodate that? But there's been some interesting transfers on Okay, how do I, how can I be my authentic self in, in an engagement virtually? How can I express empathy and create that, um, that relationship where sometimes there's informal conversations we're doing? So along with the knowledge exchange, there's that element of relationships where, and again, I just throw it out here, um, leadership, you know, has that changed for people? Do people notice when they're having virtual meetings and conversations with their athletes or even in, in um, coaches sessions, which I know we'll go back to Alex's point, CPD outside. So outside your network, what, you know, what was your network before all this happened? Um, have you looked at that since it's happened and what other social groups are organically growing from this? Um, is there an exchange of, um, kind of the organizational structure? Is the director of sports still leading those meetings and the decisions that are being made? Is, is the hierarchy changing? Is it flat? So, Loads of rambles there, but there's kind of a summary of some of the conversations that have been happening in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, no, lots of good points there. And it's, it, it is, um, 
you know, even for those of us uh, who have used social media before, I'm suddenly discovering there's like a whole level of complexity that wasn't um, there before. And like you say, a big chunk of that is because it's become the only medium. So we're not able to have that. Um, the, the sort of being in the presence and, this, and often we can't see the faces either, you know, I know at the moment the two of us are open, but some of the communities of practice and the social um, the social groups are too big really for everyone to be able to see each other. So you kind of lose that intimacy, you lose a lot of that um, nonverbal communication and the stuff that normally would connect us and maybe make us feel safe. And um, I'm just sort of scanning some of the things in the chat box there, you know, about people going, yeah, I have a bad hair day as well. And my, you know, I live um, on the, the same place as my parents at the moment. I, my mum kills herself laughing at me because I'll have like a suit jacket on and a nice top and my hair, you know, like bit, bit curls. And then I've got my scruffy tracksuit bottoms on. <laughs> the top of me is scrubbed and, and like immaculate most of the time. And it's just a very bizarre <laughs> situation. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, sort of making sure that you can kind of present something that 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 works online. But um, picking up, and again, we will have a look at some of these things to do with motivation and autonomy and confidence and things. How do we give people more a bit more autonomy um, in the way in which they engage in this social learning space? I'm kind of really quite curious about the, those different ways. And again, sort of like you know, linking back to... Yeah, that was that coach's point on the autonomy. And I guess I just I got caught over here in a, in a, um, a message, but I'll come back to that in two seconds, Ryan. Emma made a point that's really interesting where some of the people that you would um, engage face-to-face -face with or see in kind of a regular basis when it, when it comes to something um, like this and it comes away from, um, you know, different areas that they're really familiar and safe for talking about, like that confirmation kind of... Um, really strong on tech tac or I'm really strong on this so I'll, I'll stay working and talking about that you know I wonder if this is an opportunity that train has slowed right down that they're kind of rebuilding or looking at what you know their components of coaching are or what their philosophy is to to build back up and how many times they're going to reach out to different groups to go actually really would like to dive into that and I suppose it does link indirectly to the autonomy side of things but yeah um you know I, I wonder when you think of autonomy and you have that sense of like feeling in control and guiding yourself, like how um, how grappled must they be in that point where they're saying, I don't have control about when we come back um, into you know the future of, of competing and training or coaching. Um, but actually right now I do have control um, and what that looks like in that space and we're trying to balance it. Jenny, that's a really, really good point. And it links in, there's a lot of stuff in the chat box there that we're talking about. It's been kind of like, uh, once in a lifetime opportunity to really kind of like explore and look into kind of the different things that are available from sessions like today, different kind of like chat forums and stuff online. Yeah, going back into that around autonomy, I think there's a bit around, yeah, what does autonomy look like for athletes, but also how do we help ourselves become more autonomous as well as other coaches that we work with? Well, that might be a nice little uh, segue into our next little bit. <laughs> yeah, beautifully done. <laughs> So, Jen, it'd be fine if you could uh, chat through this one, maybe pick out some of the link into some of the comments that's come to the chat box with regards to yeah, how coaches can link into new stuff that's going on, whether it be podcasts, forums, uh, webinars, we also have a to link into the athletes' world because it's a big thing that's come up through the chat box. Yeah. 
absolutely. I just uh, had a chance there and I paused to, to skim over it. Um, obviously, like inside UK coaching, we have loads of people that have um, expertise in different areas. And I've seen here that someone's referenced around the subscription and they're constantly updating different areas, um, downloading different apps, linking and um, collaborating and curating different people. So there's always a touch point into something that and maybe there's a, you know, I don't know what I don't know, or I don't know what I need, but that reaching out, even if it is through Connected Coaches, which we're going to do near the end of the week, to find something that tickles your fancy or a topic from today that you want to expand and guide your learning. Um, so, oh, question big. Do kids have more autonomy than ever before as they don't have coaches telling them what to do every step of the way? That's a really good point. Um, should the coaches be telling them what to do every step of the way? That's my first thing um but i see what you mean and actually i'd link that to the virtual side of things yeah it does yeah um i think i'd link it initially to the virtual side of things that actually does does that change does that dynamic change on the knowledge transfer where and i'd love to know if people have delivered sessions virtually what they think of that experience even if it's in a coach developer space i found you know doing a, a virtual workshop had a different angle i found that i was trying to I'm very conscious about how much I talked, uh, what was on the slides, how much breakout and thinking time and sense making time they had in that space. So, but is that similar to the athletes who maybe aren't familiar with logging on? Tech savvy, absolutely, in most cases. But if they log on to a session, um, are they able to feel their way through? Is the coach mindful or are we mindful of that collaborative um, or kind of autonomous angle? Um, or do we just default in this in this kind of unknown space to this is what the session is going to be we're going to do x amount you know 15 minutes a quarter da, da, da. so that's a really good question and i wonder if if we're aware or tuned into that as much um gosh yeah because i'll put personal level um, and uh silence so that's a real richness happening in the, in the chat um man do you want to jump in or yeah i i i would um I'm trying to sort of like listen, you know, it's, it's very distracting to listen to you in the, the chat box actually, so I'm, I must just listen to you. <laughs> but um, there is really interesting there, a couple of things. First of all, sort of it, taking that idea of being able to um, meet the needs of, of the people we're working with online, because that's almost more difficult and it's more of them. We get less idea before they come up what, what, what their previous experience is, what they want to get out of it. I mean, we can ask questions, but it's still quite a big challenge to, um, to uh, uh, maybe be able to deliver in a way that supports the autonomy, competence, and relatedness of the people who are actually engaging with us virtually. I think that's quite a big challenge in that social learning space, um, and and one that um, you know we're, we're all I'm, I'm sure on a fast learning curve and trying to navigate, and we don't have the answers yet, but it's it's something that's quite fascinating, and I think you know will stand us all in really good stead going forwards. And I'm also thinking about um, the questions about, you know, the kids having more autonomy. And one of the things that's really struck me, and hopefully we'll pick this up as we go in, sort of like a segue into the sort of, you know, what does our future look like? Um, it is a great opportunity for, um, for all of us, I hope, to think more about how we support the autonomy and confidence of people we work with, how we coach for redundancy a little bit more and feel let go a little bit more of having to be in control. We don't really have any choice at the moment. One of the things even with practice um, that people are coming back and talking to me about is, is they're saying we can't practice in the normal way. You know, how 
from a from a you know a skill act perspective how representative does our practice have to be and and some of our kids don't have the right kit how can i help them when they don't have you know the, the correct ball or a hoop or the right ground to work on um so there's all sorts of stuff going on there and, and in my head i go great this is such a good opportunity to help people play around with more constraints to be more creative to let go a little bit more to get the coaches um you know the, the kids and the parents involved a little bit more to really step change how we think about um, our coaching and hopefully oh, the difficult bit is going to be taking that back afterwards and not sort of wanting to double down on the control once we get back into a more face-to-face -face. so really I think there's an exciting opportunity to think about how um, we can use this current moment and the social learning spaces we create here that, that we have less control of and then what that would mean moving back again. Yeah, I'm just, just bring this slide back up because I just think a lot of the questions that I put in the chat box kind of really link back in. So it would be nice for maybe you guys to, yeah. to pick up on these three areas around autonomy. Um, related to Because, yeah, there's some comments coming in the chat box about, well, actually, how would we know what their new environment is? And actually, what does that, that mean for their autonomy? And there was kind of lots of other questions in there around similar, yeah, how how do we design things based on kind of where people are at? And some other comments in there again around saying, well, how do we really help the, the athletes um, to be able to start to take ownership as well of the situation that we're in? So I'll ping this back, slide back up because it might be nice for you guys to have a little chat around that, link them back into the, the comments that are coming up in the chat box. Yeah, thanks, Paul. And, and thanks, Marianne. Definitely want to follow on from that. I link into some of the messages that are there um, that we previously touched on as well. Like in a really simplistic form, you know, what, what is great coaching? What does it look like? And I mean, obviously, we've, we've talked about it at length inside GK Coaching, but I wonder if people in the chat box are here today, like what, what do they identify as great coaching from even a see, feel, hear perspective? And then can you kind of take that and cultivate it into a virtual space? And I do understand we're, we're going back and forth to look at, um, I'm going to put some stuff on, on um, Connect Coaches this week and great ideas, mainly because I'm flying through loads of stuff on Twitter and I'm seeing fantastic creativity. Um, with a Gary Klein 5Cs um, giving insight into a creative desperation. Like we're in times, I know desperation is a real strong word there, but the creativity and innovation is just unreal. And I, I take in your last point there, Marianne, when we go forward and the train speeds and we're getting top-down expectations to resume, which which hopefully won't be in terms of we'll be able to manage that together. Um, or you know, intrinsically you're ready to go, you're driven again, you're you're you know determined to get back on track. All this newfound knowledge and shared, and you've overcome loads of hurdles. What can what can you take from that this experience, however long it lasts, and bring it forward into that relating with what the um, the young people, be it virtually or in your household, are creating on a daily basis? They're stretching you as much as you're stretching them. Yeah, sure. Yeah, really. And and uh, um, I'm just thinking about how we link that autonomy and competence into what we're doing there, and thinking about that stretch and and and. One of the things that um, is likely to become, uh, well, necessary and is necessary in the way we're doing these is that having to have a sort of a range of activities that we can give and allow the people who are engaging to, to choose them. So it kind of picks up on that um, self-pacing. So I know I used in, in my master's research, I used a lot of the self-determination theory for, for exploring practice 
design. And one of the things that um, really came across was giving much more, much, much more um, uh, decision making to, to the athlete or to the performer about when they moved through different things. So just being able to, um, while, while, you're, um, while, while you're setting up those challenges on a more um, remote um, platform to be able to say, these are, these are a range of things and work through them in your own time and in this order. And these are ways in which you can make it more complex and these are ways in which you can make it less and come back to us when you want to have some information. So you can start actually providing more information, giving more decision making, obviously without making that search space for the athlete too big. Um, and I think that then is something that would go back into the workplace afterwards. So really thinking about relatedness, very much about language and inspiration and stuff like that as well and making sure that people feel connected and finding ways in which to engage everybody. And that might mean, you know, being, again, quite creative and doing different things, but also from an incompetence and autonomy level, uh, thinking about having a broader um, range of things that people can engage in and giving them more choice about how they do that. And, and hopefully also learning from them. I mean, one of the things that really struck me when I started changing my coaching to become hopefully much more interactive was that I learned masses from my athletes when I stopped trying to tell them what to do. So. <laughs> I'm interested to your thoughts on it, Jenny Marianne. I just put them in the chat box, which I know has popped up in a this session last week as well as some of the future practice stuff around um, some coaches kind of being on furlough, some of the coaches kind of just not being in a position where they can kind of interact with their, with their athletes. But I think that was just put into my head, which I was just curious for your thoughts on is, um, yeah, if coaching in that situation, is this a great opportunity for them to start connecting with each other as other coaches? And how does that link to the, to the stuff that's up on the slide there now? So be interested in your thoughts around that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it, 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 we go back to the, the key questions that link to the blog there. And one of the particular ones that I think Nick has mentioned in the group, and there's a couple of people threading through it as well, is where do I belong at the moment? So um, let me see if it's Tash, I think, has made a comment here. I think it will be hard, much harder for participants of furloughed coaches to reconnect and, and possibly vice versa. So what, what currently are coaches and people doing who have been furloughed? Well, from my direct experience, um, some of the coaches I spoke with are trying to do a voluntary capacity um, without breaking any boundaries and rules here, but just doing some planning in the background and emailing them on, um, maximizing kind of if there is a communication platform between just the coaches that they're staying in the loop and getting updates. And I think that's as much for them as it is about the athletes. But I do think that we've got to be mindful of where people are at. And another great comment there in the pastoral role at the moment and checking in. And we are very mindful, as we've said, like even though we have another topic here, that we're going to thread through the Curious Coaches Club some mental health and well-being support for people, which we'll get to at the end of the slide. But there is definitely something here of um, linking all the stuff today together around where where was I three or four weeks ago? Where am I now? Where do I know what's going to happen in a couple of months' time? Um, and how can I maximise the time in connecting with different groups? So you're here today with, um, I don't know how many people are on, Paul, actually, in the end, but with a large number of people that the conversation here has just been popping since we started, which is absolutely fantastic. And people coming along for different reasons, but mainly to have that connection. Um, we did a session last Friday with some coach developers, 
and all were adamant that the video was on so they could see people, see the animation. Um, eye contact is not happening as much anymore. So connecting with people where I guess six months ago, eight months ago, I would have been a hundred well. Um, six months ago, I would have been in a position with some of the coaches I work with and some friends and myself that you, you were kind of saying, oh, let's connect, let's get a date in the diary, let's talk about this topic. And actually, now they're happening organically. People want to connect. They must reconnect with that person and to the, the sense of, um, I want to come outside the bubble that I'm in of my sport, particularly. And I have the confidence because everyone's almost in that same boat of um, uncertainty, not necessarily going through the same journey. But if we can connect a, over a topic and we can grow that community of practice and it becomes part of the routine. There's, there's a consistency that allows you to link a topic, a purpose, time, and a certain amount of people. So, yeah, um, there's, yeah, there's some fantastic stuff happening in, in the group here. And while we pick this particular slide and not some, some kind of, um, yeah, nicely put, drawn out or sketched out uh, over a bubble and, and something we create in Microsoft Word, Ollie in UK Coaching put this up on uh, LinkedIn and it caught my eye because he's got the psychological health and well-being in the middle. And just nice connections on the choice part and the self-approval, which will all be part of the autonomy, but obviously the reflective piece that comes with that, the caring connection, um, I care and I want to connect with others. So even if it was a task after today, sitting down and going, right, in my week, who are the people who are, are um, you know, really invigorating me? I've had three or four calls or I've had one call, I've had no calls. Who can I connect with that gives this shifting in the seat, shoulders back, eyes up, smile on face? Um, and then reflecting on other conversations, going, well, okay, that was really draining. Why was it? Um, so, um, yeah, I'm going to pause and read the chat box. There's a lot of things coming through there. Marianne, do you want to jump in on anything, or Paul? Yeah, no, that's that's great. And I, yeah, I, uh, I think there's some great stuff in the chat box as well. Some some great stuff there on um, how we can uh, we can really um, use this, you know, the the our reflections of those things to invigorate us and to maybe get a better idea about what it is that makes um, the social groups or the people that we're with um, really special for us and the ones that maybe aren't so good and, and how we change the way, not, not necessarily adopt them, but change the way we interact with them. Maybe there's something that we can do differently that, that makes those a better connection. Um, and I know certainly, you know, if we look at those different groups and I have some that would be amazing and then some that wouldn't. And I just kind of go, oh, you know, some of them are amazing and some of them aren't. Whereas nowadays I'm like, okay, what is it about those? How can I change the ones that maybe aren't working so well for me? And that's, uh, that's definitely something that we can really focus on now. And moving forward, maybe that's a good, a good way to segue into our next slide. Unless anyone's got anything to add there? Yeah, I'm going to say, just uh, pull up to the next slide. That'll be fabulous to pause, pause for two minutes and just, uh, open the chat box up for any questions for anything that we've covered so far. So it'd be nice to have a bit of a pause, give it a two minutes, think if they've kind of got any questions they want to fire into the chat box, and then we can jump onto the next slide. So feel free, fire your questions away, anything that may have been popped up, might be any comments, might be like one thing that's kind of really resonated with you that you want to ask a little further question on, could be something you've been a little bit unsure on, doesn't have been going through today, but yeah, just a chance to any questions that you want to in the chat box uh, if nothing pops up now that's cool we can come back and answer questions at the end with Marianne and Jenny uh, as well as we'll be continuing the conversation on connected coaches after today to allow people to, to ask questions in there and continue the conversation 
Uh, I don't suppose, well, can I just give a, a thumbs up to Andrea for taking the time to go through that lengthy um, reply there and some really valid points. And I do have that grapple around the future. Should we be very mindful and present about where we are? Um, or should we be looking at um, you know, what that transition looks like, even if it is a uh, around the psychology and, and well-being side of things? We've, we've all, we're all going through a media trauma, if you like, as well as physical and environmental. So, yeah, it's a really interesting point that I'll take away today and, and have a ponder of. Cool. Move on to the next little bit, but again, feel free to find questions through and say we can pick them up as we go on and pick some stuff. We've got a little bit of time at the end, but we can make sure we pick up any questions and come back and read back through stuff. Um, yeah, so the, the fifth theme that came up um, again and again over the last few weeks um, in all of the different areas, whether that was on the chat box or in the, um, in the responses, uh, to the things that we've done or in the conversations on connected coaches is what how do we shape the future is there what is it that um, is happening now obviously things will never be the same we're not going to go back to, to being um, the way we were before we don't know what it will be but are there things that we can focus on now and think about that transition to going back to less remote coaching hopefully having all those personal interactions that we had beforehand but maybe with a much um, deeper relationships a better sense of the social networks a whole new plethora of skills that we've picked up um, more creativity um, more um, you know having given more autonomy to our athletes and the parents and everyone else to do stuff at home that's a little bit you know different so what this was basically just thinking, okay, so if we're going to move into the future, what would we like that to be? Can we, can we actually be much more mindful and take some, uh, take some sort of control and, and, and the, autonomy, the, the areas where we have got control and, and develop something that we think will actually really add value to what we're doing? So, no, no, if you've got what your thoughts are on that, Jenny. Um, similar to you, before you started talking, I got sidetracked to Jimmy's comment, uh, question to the panel in the group. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I do similar to the follow up on Andrea's um, point there. Like, I'm I'm definitely mindful of um, kind of experiencing this with the coaches as well as my own journey as coach developer with the coaches who are going through a text message. I've been furloughed today, no contact. Um, talking through what that looks like, mindful of the language and questioning and. The virtual platform where you know I could sit for an hour or two with a coach in their environment and feel what's going on and see the interactions and relationships and now it's just them and you can see almost that pensive kind of thought process going around to the coaches who are engaged writing programs things have gone on are going on um, continuously or, or um, almost seamlessly but just in a virtual space which does lead to Jimmy's question so it's, I don't know if you can see it there Marianne. Interesting. Yeah. For me at the moment, uh, for me is mastery. I think that aspiring athletes have opportunity to focus on this area, knowing that ultimately they have the choice at the moment. What the panel felt about this. I think the one I'll let you jump in on this, Marianne. The one thing that I would that, that zoomed to me, and I'm not I'm not heavy and linked on the goals because I know there's a broad spectrum of experience here with coaches, but I wonder how many people who are in contact with the athletes or even on their own journey have thought about what the goals were at the start of the season 
and where they are now, have you reframed them? Have you looked at them to see what that take up and what like what mastery and the sense of space and time that we have looks like? Um, and you know, when they have, I guess we talk about skills a little bit. What does what does success in that space look like? Virtual and, and those kind of things are floating into my head at the moment. That's what I think maybe defining or reframing goals, looking at what success looks like, and look at that relationship of do they navigate this space? Do you support them in navigating? There's just some thoughts. Yeah, that's a really um, that's really interesting, and and uh, and I would imagine a lot of people have found themselves uh, with time sort of having overtaken. Their, their, their planning and maybe um, are, are firefighting something rather than actually have the opportunity to sort of refocus on those plans. But um, I, I'm just thinking aloud here, and maybe maybe what we've got at the moment is an opportunity for the coaches to spend some time sort of co-creating some goals with their athletes at the moment for both now and going forwards, and just um, doing stuff in a, like you say in a much more um, interactive way with much more autonomy from the, the perspective of the athlete because like I said they're going to have different opportunities they're going to have different spaces different kit different equipment different you know so there's there's uh, so much variation that wouldn't normally be there they're obviously not being supervised they might have different they might go you know let's video stuff or maybe let's look at video from the last season you know and and have a um, spend time analyzing stuff from some previous things, previous performance or other people, you know, there's like masses of stuff that they can play around with, which would probably be quite different from what they would do normally and allow the, those athletes to, um, you know, have a much more say in those mastery goals because they're not going to be out competing, are they? So they're going to lose the normal goals that they would have. Um, the interesting thing there is keeping the motivation for those who are quite um, ego oriented so I don't know maybe Strava and things like that or find different ways in which they can check their PBs and their progress and be able to actually monitor it in, in totally new and different ways there is a Sorry, I just jump in there Jen I just want to ask on in the chat box that's really interesting I might be interested yep. look for a couple of minutes because uh, conscious of time as well there's a lot of people talking around I suppose forward planning and starting to look ahead Back to some questions around are people planning long-term resources that we can be using once we re return back to whatever the new normal is going to be. Some questions around saying, well, actually, um, I'm hoping that once I get back, I work with young children, I'll I keep that relationship straight away. So yeah, there's something we've already started to look about that, thinking forward and post-COVID-19 is what it will be termed. So I think we spend a couple of minutes on that before we uh, talk a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good question. Um, and I see other people then stimulating other questions there on the side. Nice call, Paul. Um, I, I think there's one thing about, and this just pop, this kind of popped into my head earlier in the week and have bounced it off a couple of coaches in conversation where they have time, whether we, we I would have spoken previously and I obviously point the finger inwards on this, giving myself permission to slow down. And now that kind of need to give myself permission has been taken away. I have to. Um, and, and kind of feeling all the, the areas that I knew or tapped into before on a light touch, now I can immerse myself. I can explore these different areas and topics, um, sites, platforms, resources, and maybe see, you know, how I feel about them. Obviously, I can't practically impl you know, um, implicate all of them um, because I'm not doing a face-to-face, -face, but what can I explore in different websites or different areas that I previously haven't had the time to look at in detail? 
and you know looking at reframing and seeing where we're going you don't like i've spoken to five or six sports this week that say yeah we're looking at september or we're looking at mid-august we're looking at november and you know what i've come come back to and said is how can you incorporate fun into those conversations how can you keep it light-hearted whilst you're looking at that long term there's there's no peak at the moment because nobody knows when this is going to you know the curve is going to flatten or any of the language associated with the virus that's there um, so what can you do right now to be very mindful of your energy levels, your engagement, your relationship, the language you're using, and actually that motivation that Marianne, you've mentioned a, a, a couple of times, has been great to tap into knowing what they're ready for and how much you can give at what time, whilst looking at the resources that you currently have. What's your toolkit look like? <laughs> you know, what, what are you, what do you want to add to that? And then how can you engage in a fun way? Maybe it's not in all the sessions, but they're, they're definitely getting to see a different hat in the, in the position that some coaches are able to continue to engage. Ah, cool. So I'm just going to share my screen, but up again. And then going to lead you guys into the, into the last little bit. Over to you. Jenny, do you want to talk us through this, your lovely calendar? Sure. So I did, um, I did a, well, the, it was a mental health awareness week in October last year. And we um, put together for a small group of coaches a, um, a few slides and a few ideas just to, again, talk about slowing down um, the irony of where we're at now. And then we did a time to learn webinar. And this appeared a couple of times. And people have fed back and said, yeah, it's been really, really useful, along with some other um, mechanisms and reflection and, and uh, probing questions and connecting to bigger groups but this has come back each time and only this morning I had a conversation with a coach he said I have my calendar it's up on the fridge and I'm popping in so sticking with the the thread of mental health well-being that a couple of people have mentioned there uh, during this process for ourselves and for others um, having something like this that has a light touch but just nudges you a little bit that you're if you are really good at connecting being mindful appreciation if you know in my case when I had a celebration last Wednesday where I got eggs um, and was able to just be like oh yes this is a win today um, so like what what is it from you, know, you obviously don't have to stick by the days but if there's just one thing at the end of the day that you can celebrate achieving whether it is in your coaching space it's connecting with somebody something at the start of the day that either that was in your routine or that popped up that you can that can, you can follow through with so we put this there for you we can obviously pop the link in the group uh, chat here as well for you to download it um, but yeah, I just thought, you know, Marianne and I spoke and said it would be lovely to have this here to, to share. Cool. So moving on to last couple of things, some really important stuff that I just wanted to, uh, to chat you guys through. Um, so the first is that Q's Coaches Club uh, is a bit of three parts. So there's our Monday webinar that happens every week. Um, there's also the Wednesday and Thursday community practices, but there's also our Connected Coaches, uh, Thread and Dialogue that goes on all week. We'd love you to start joining in and um, the chat throughout the week. So there's a few things I want to point out. So you say on UK Coaching's website, so just go to ukcoaching.org. The little button here that takes you through to the community. So in the Welcome and General section, um, there's a little bit here around the Curious Coaches Club, and there's a couple of different threads going on at this moment in time. They so say we have a new one each week. This is where the recording uh, from today will be shared with you guys. You can watch it back. And then also be, be sharing some further reading, some different links to go and look at. It's a chance for you guys to also come and ask any additional questions you might have. 
So we'd love you to come over. Um, I'm going to go back to Jenny and Marianne before I finish to ask them to give me their kind of like three take-homes for you guys to walk away with. But this might be a chance for you guys to share your take-homes, think about um, action planning, thinking forward. We've just been talking about long-term long-term planning. Um, some other stuff on here with regards to uh, our website. So psychological safety was something that was kind of popped up before. And so we have got a variety of different stuff that's going on at this moment in time. So if you can go through the culture section, uh, there's a little to the live webinars. So you'll see some stuff that's going on from a live webinar point of view. So time to learn, which is the one in the middle. Um, so last Friday, we had a session on psychological safety, which links into a lot of this, the conversation today. Um, so yeah, it might be really interesting to watch for you guys to go back. So that'll be on our website as of next week. Um, if you are interested in some further Curious Coach Club sessions, we have the community practice sessions at the bottom. You can click in here. Like I said, they're the smaller, uh, more intimate conversation-based sessions that happen on Wednesday and Thursday. And then we've got our, our Monday sessions up here. So if you do click it, that gives the information of what's coming up. So next week's is already live. So we are on Tuesday next week. Uh, even though every day seems to be blurring into to one another at this moment in time, it is at least Monday next week, so we've uh, changed ourselves to Tuesday. So there's a little bit of a, an intro there to what we're going to be looking at. But only around developing people, so developing yourselves, developing athletes, um, and unpicking that through the, the plan do review. So you can start to book on that. We've already got um, over 90 coach, over 90 coaches think already booked on that already. And uh, so definitely getting quick. If you're going to book, so you just pop down to the bottom, click on where it says developing people, and take you through to book you. Um, and then as of tomorrow. You'll be able to book up our session on the 20th of April around coaching craft. A bit more information on the website soon around that. Uh, so that was some of the key stuff that I just wanted to, to share with you guys. Before I jump into the last couple of slides, I was just going to come back to Marianne and Jenny for their, their key take-homes for you guys to, to be thinking about. Take effect. Am I on? So Marianne, you jump in first. Um, the the key things I think from me is uh, is the idea of, of creating safe spaces for everybody when we are um, operating in a more remote social learning environment. Um, I think I think that brings in a whole different set of things to consider than um, over and above what we need to when we're we're physically next to each other. Um, and and also um picking up on how we support sort of like mastery and autonomy when we're in those kinds of spaces and i and i guess the third the third one is the that sort of motivation and um uh, and you know um create understand sort of like creating those um, environments that are fun and being more aware of which ones energize us and which ones don't and how we can how we can um, change those and, and nurture them and, and get the most out of them as possible, be more proactive in how we're engaging. Thanks, Marianne. How are you and Jen? And Marianne has left me nothing to say. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, you know what, I've, I love seeing the conversation on the side of people engaging from start to finish. Um, I'm excited, I wrote a comment there uh, back to Alice. I'm excited to think that this could go on and that we've got smaller communities of practice and a connected uh, coaches um, kind of text element if people wanted to engage in any which way they like. But 
the not alone message is one that I just like to finish with that you are not alone to this journey you are not we're not all going through the same journey but you're definitely not alone and whether it's connected with Marianne and I on Twitter through UK coaching um, through your social groups in your sport or outside that and, and as Marianne said it alluded to there you know what are you noticing after you have those calls with either co-workers or friends or, or athletes what is the communication like are you collaborating are there any other issues that are popping up and and then sharing those to kind of dilute or disseminate them and be able to, to learn and grow from them join us at ukcoaching.org whatever you're doing to help people be active and improve we can help you deliver great coaching experiences at a time to suit you